Hello there, it's JR, and welcome to the JR Show Podcast. As it is St. Paddy's Day week that this is coming out, we decided to go find uh, someone we think might be Irish. So, welcome. First timer, not only on the radio show, but on the podcast, the legendary worship writer and singer, Grammy-nominated Chris McClarney. All right, here we go. A first timer on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome the incredibly handsome Chris McClarney. Yo! (laughs) Uh, I'm just hoping that most of the people that interact with this interview are doing it with their ears and not their eyes. (laughs) That's that's the motto of the show. (laughs) I've been embracing that for years. Uh, It's been a long time coming. Um, You, uh, uh, I'm on the worship channel as well. So we play you like every other song is, is, is Chris McClarney. Um, But it's great to have you on the joy FM side this time around. Let's get to the green screen behind us. Cause I want you to have the freedom to pick the, the backdrop. So, um, you know, when we post certain clips of this interview on Instagram, um, there's going to be a scene behind us. Uh, what would you like to go with? Old West, like a saloon, tombstone feel, uh, a farm setting Ooh. or mountains behind us? Gosh, uh, Old West uh, farm or mountains. Uh, I'm going to go with mountains because of the theme of it being with the song that I just Oh, yeah, released. yeah, which we're going to play. Ooh, yes. you're going to play. All right, let's go to mountain setting. <clears throat> there we go. Oh, wait, is there a way? <laughs> oh, I, I just want to see. Oh, I just want to see. Can we test out yeah, the other one? Let's go to Old West. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, partner. Oh. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we got to do the farm. Farm. Did oh, it work? It smells. Let's go back to mountains. Yeah. Uh, now do one more where you zoom in on his hands and it's just that for the rest of the interview in the background. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. Uh, Alex hates us in the video room right now. Um, let's. The first segment of the show is always just an unscripted, hey, what's up? Let's talk about whatever you want. But I do have to say, uh, my son is in the room right now and he came into the room and he's like, and he said, is that Andy Grammer? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, man. He is. He's way cooler than me. And your son is my new favorite person. Thank you. Thank you, boss. Uh, let's go uh, just uh, what, what before we get to playing some music. What do you want to talk about, Chris? Oh, Anything you want to talk about, it can be just not politics. Um, not but like, politics. you know, we can talk about consp- conspiracy thir- theories, price of food and grocery stores. This Ooh. is what's on your radar lately. Um, have you watched that Hawkeye show? Oh, I keep hearing it. <laughs> it's so good. I got a friend trying to get me into Yellowstone and I've been resisting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that you? Yeah. So does, so what is, I've not researched it yet. What is, what, what is it about? Uh, you you haven't researched any of the Marvel stuff. There's like 21 movies. You wouldn't believe it. Starts with Iron Man, uh, technically with <laughs> Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't believe it. There's tons of superheroes. They made a bunch of movies. Oh, uh, wait. 
Are you being serious? That's what Hawkeye is about? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was describing the entirety the, of the Marvel oh. series. Because <laughs> I've only seen Iron Man 2. That's the only Marvel <laughs> movie I've seen. One. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, a guy in Russia breaks out of jail and develops a similar Iron Man suit. And yeah. they meet on a racetrack. Yeah, And yeah. he whips an electric cord at him. That's what I know of Marvel. Yeah, well, I mean... I would love it if you would release videos of you recapping all of the Marvel movies one by one. Because that was beautiful, what you okay. just did. All right. Uh, yeah, I couldn't even name more than Iron Man. What'd you eat for breakfast? Uh, I haven't yet. Whoa. Uh, I'm doing an intermittent, or I, I'm only eating dinner at this stage of my oh. life because I find that it eating breakfast and lunch, even if I try to eat healthy, it opens the door to mistakes. So oh. if I focus on having a good dinner... And this is how I've been doing it over the past six months is when I get a hunger pain, I treat it like, what is it called in pregnancy? A contraction. Uh, contraction. Yeah. So I treat every hunger pain like a contraction where I go, here, here comes one. I will even say it to people in the room. Hold on, guys. I'm getting a hunger pain. Yeah, and I, I, I breathe through it. And usually it's gone after about five seconds. And if you can keep doing that throughout the day. You can make it to dinner and have a nice... Well, that makes dinner. sense. Because I thought, man, this guy looks pregnant with the food baby. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Apparently, it's not working. <laughs> I'm kidding. So it's funny. You're, you're, you're like, that sounds great, but I'm looking at you and <laughs> something is not working. If anybody... Honestly, look at the video. I'm bigger than him. So I'm allowed to make these jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> All right, let's go into, um, can you just walk me up, give me DNA behind Speak to the Mountains? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure most of the people listening or watching to this had wonderful years in 2020, like you, yeah, yeah <laughs> so much awesome. fun. Best year yet. Well, my, my like, really rough year was actually 2019. My wife had gotten, she uh, had this thing called Crohn's disease, and... It, we didn't know what it was. She ended up losing like 40 pounds. She was like down to 80 pounds. She's already tiny. And my kids were actually asking like, is mom going to die? Is she, is she okay? And I honestly didn't know. She was in the hospital like for weeks. And I was just scared to death. I just didn't know what to do. And I was crying out to God and like, where, like, where are you, God? And in the middle of all this. And I actually ended up. On the back end of that, ended up having a panic attack, which I've never in my life. I, people that know me wouldn't even call me a worrier. And then all of a sudden I'm in the hospital thinking I'm having a heart attack, that I'm dying. And I'm just like, where's God right now? And crying out and all that moment. And and God showed up in a big way. He, he um, showed up with my wife got a lot better a lot quicker we found the right help she needed also in my family's like just life and then in mine personally god showed up in a big way and so come january of 2020 before lockdown capital had put together all these different church movements and said hey why don't you guys just write songs for the church and so it was me and uh jane from elevation and uh, nf <laughs> he didn't get the invite no i didn't i didn't get enough okay. in there yeah man <laughs> yeah. but we had uh uh someone from influence uh and ben from the belonging code here in nashville yeah 
and they we sat down to write a song for church like big c church like and they said well what do you want to write about and i said honestly guys i just i want a song that's like hey my god's bigger than you my god's better than you my god's stronger than you and so i shared that with them shared the year i'd had and i, I was like i just want a song that's like victorious like we are like God is bigger than our biggest problems. So we started there. First verse is like, why would I worry when giants come calling my name? Because my God's bigger than troubles I face. And it's like that. And just proclaiming that over your life and saying, hey, we have the power. Jesus said, if you have faith, even the size of like the tiniest seed, then you can speak to the mountain and move it. And so... Yeah, my goal for this song is that people would hear it and it would maybe they hum it along in the middle of the day when things aren't going their way. And it reminds them that like, hey, our God is bigger and we can speak to these things that are in our way and remind them, hey, my God's bigger than you. Move out of the way. Right. So, yeah. Do you instruct people to say, hey, if you, you know how a doctor, if you're talking to a doctor, you know, if they're arrogant, they could go, it's actually Dr. Jones. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you say to people, it's actually Grammy nominated Chris yeah. McClarney? <laughs> you're talking to your and wife. Dove award winning. <laughs> dove award winning. I won a dove last year and you'll never guess what it was for. It was uh, packaging the, of the CD. No, Spanish song of the year. <laughs> But I don't even speak Spanish. Well done. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> That's how talented I am. <laughs> That's great. I used to make fun of Matthew West because he was like 0 for 50 in Dove Awards. And and his wife won one before him for best packaging of a Matthew West oh album. My so gosh. I'm like, please tell me she put that on your guys' mantle. Yes. Yes. You know Ian Eskelin? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Written tons of Francesca's hits, Sidewalk Prophet hits, All Star United. But I was at his house one day, and I, because we're big soccer fans, and so we'd hang out and watch soccer together. Oh, who do you support? Newcastle. Okay. Oh, you yeah. are a big fan. Yeah. Uh, we just came into some money as well. Yeah. Mm. Oil money. <laughs> but um, so I'm in Ian's bathroom, and the I gave away a Dove Award on stage when I was doing a show in Nashville, um, like a presenter. And uh, me and one of the guys from VeggieTales, and winner of blah, 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 Stellar Cart, <coughs> Me and Jesus, by, <laughs> written by Ian Eskelin. And I go into the bathroom, and he's got the Dove Award for that song of the year for Me and Jesus on the toilet. Amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I gave Amazing. this award to you, and here it is in the bathroom. Um, yeah, it was full circle. Hey, let's find a really fun transition here talking about Dove Awards on toilets into this question right here. Last year, um, you I love when Version Bible app goes through their data of, okay, here's where billions of people that have downloaded this app. Here's the most read or highlighted scripture of the year. And it was Matthew 6, 33. Um, he takes care of the you know, don't worry, God takes care of the lilies of the field and all of that. Yeah. That was the most searched for, most highlighted. So I just wanted to ask you, 2021, what was your what was your big whammy of the year last year? Um, well, I had to look up the actual scripture reference. So I'll be honest and tell yeah. you, I couldn't remember the location of it. <laughs> but this scripture has been a big part of like what I've been aiming to write at. It's Psalm 34, 18. And it just says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. 
Um, and I know like for me, I just had a season of a lot of brokenheartedness and, um, and just being able to lean on the fact that in those moments, God is closer than when we're, everything's going good. You know, it's like, oh no, there's a special thing for when you're in that spot. So, yeah. Um, is there a recent, um, speaks of the mountains? Is it just all by itself out there in the ether? Is it on a compilation? Okay. So speak to the mountains is we released a single, but it's also an EP. So okay. there's like five other songs on there. Some of them are songs that have already been out. Okay. Like uh revival was one we did with Jesus culture, but we uh, made a new version for this record, which was fun. Okay. Let me go into this. I've been working on this question, knowing you were coming in. I've been working <laughs> on this for a while because I'm, I'm, you're closer friends with Lauren Daigle than I am, but her, her and I have a rapport together and we talk. And she told me one time about this little experience at the Grammys. Um, I'm just going to set this up to the audience by saying it was a couple years ago. Lauren Daigle had the biggest year of any faith-based artist in the history. Like you have to go back to when Amy Grant was all there was. You have to go back to when DC Talk was everything DC Talk put out. I can't even think of another artist that had a bigger year in the history of Christian well, music. What was your biggest uh, favorite DC Talk song? All of them. That made me think. I was that era. So <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> all the way back Heaven to that high. on cassette. Heaven. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Don't you know it? Tearing down the walls. <laughs> what walls? <laughs> You know, yeah, all oh, of them. That's my little test to make sure you were re- yeah. legit. Yeah. Oh, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> so Lauren crushed. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's looking like these so, guys are. Idiots. So when she walked into that, the big joke was, "Why is anybody even in the category?" Because oh, yeah. she is going to. They might as well have just shipped it to her house and oh, save yeah, everybody was, a trip yeah. to L.A. But you were in the category with her uh-huh. and your buddies with her. My question to you would be, if all of a sudden the Grammy committee, there was somebody on there that was a massive Chris McClarney fan, and all of a sudden it went to you and everybody's shocked, could you still be friends with Lauren? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'd rub it in every time I saw her. What you, do you mean? You put a hole in the top and wear it on a chain? Yeah, I would. I'm oh, sorry if my Grammy Award's no, bumping you there. I, that would be that would have been the best. Could you imagine the speech I would have given? <laughs> Guys, I... <laughs> I shouldn't be here. I just want to dedicate this to, to Lauren. Yeah, that's what I would have done. All my songs just were inspired listening to the Lauren Daigle album (laughs) that just lost. But she told you what, like, so the night before we hung out, like, out in Malibu, which was cool. It was, like, the best, like, vacation ever, thinking me and my wife going, hanging out in Malibu with famous people. It was amazing. And uh, that night I said... Hey, Lauren, you're going to win tomorrow. Everyone knows it. I don't, I I know you're cool. You're probably going to like thank the people, but I was nominated with the rest of Jesus culture. And I was like, can you just not lump me in with them? Will you just say my name? Like, like not at Jesus culture, be like Jesus culture and Chris McClarney. I was like, that would make my whole day. Yeah. So she gets up, she wins, of course, runs up. She gives her speech. She doesn't thank any of the other people that. 
that uh, she's beat because she was in such a hurry. She walks back and then runs back up to the microphone, grabs it back away from Questlove. Kanye West style. Yeah, like, I'm going to let you finish, Questlove. Grabs the mic back and says... I love Chris McClarney, turns around and walks off. So I just stood up in the middle of the Grammy Hall with my hands in the air and was like, that's me. <laughs> and I definitely said it loud enough for Questlove on stage, who kind of looked on the crowd like, who? Yeah, Will I Am, Black Eyed Peas in front of you, like, who's? You just reading lips. That's me. <laughs> that? Did you say Chris Pratt? Yeah, Chris Brown. <laughs> There we go. That's a great story. Um, uh, one more question before we get to s- something um, that I've been looking forward to, to letting you, letting your creative mind wrap around. I am a worship nut. Um, uh, I'm on the worship channel that we've got. I mean, I go back to the pro, you know, the way worship music is right now is because of things that were set in motion. Uh, going back to Graham Kendrick, when Graham Kendrick, oh, yeah. when he was all there was, and then all of a sudden, Delirious comes up with a rockier oh, version yeah. of, and then Matt Redman is attached to the Vineyard movement and all those amazing voices that yeah. were in those Vineyard albums. And then it just exploded to what it is today, where it's like every church is coming out with all that, which is awesome. And it's on our worship channel. Anytime I come out of a song, it's like, that's Hillsong from Australia or London. That's Red Rocks worship from Denver. You yeah. know, it's like all over the world. And I love that. Um, and so I'm a... Um, I go to the church that's the opening act on Winter Jam, Bayside Worship this year, and the process, and so we've tried to write, I've been a part of a lot of writing sessions, I have no musical singing ability. So do you know Lincoln Brewster? Yeah. He's at your church, right? No, that's Bayside, and I used to go to that church. Oh, you did? When I was living in Rockland, or Roseville with another station I won't mention. Amazing. Um, um, And uh, no, but I was going to Lincoln Brewster's church there in that Bay area. And now I'm in the Tampa Bay area, Bayside worship. Um, Ah, different Bay. Yeah. Different Bay. Same basic principle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People worshiping in bays. It's a thing. The The Lord is, he moves there. But, uh, you know, I've been a part of a lot of writing sessions and, and just that Matt Redmond, really I love the way he talks about writing a worship song that it has to be simple without being shallow singable without being shallow and and that thought I mean 10,000 reasons alone is a pub song and it's been sung in you know tents in Africa and so for you as a worship writer where does the process start for you? Is it an inspiration from God that now needs to be turned into music? Or is it a, does it start with song and melody and then wow. inspiration I mean, comes later? A, that's a great question. Uh, I will. It's always different, which is a simple answer. Sometimes you're inspired by, you know, your kids. And sometimes you're inspired by scripture. And sometimes you're at church and the preacher's speaking and your brain. It's like, this would be such a good thing for our church to sing. Uh, I will just tell a quick story years and years ago. I, when I first started writing, I sat down in my church office. I was a worship pastor, still am, but sat down in my church office with multiple guitars. Like I was geeked out. I was ready to write. I had like highlighters of different colors and Sharpies, different size points. You know, I was geeked Uh. out. I was ready. (laughs) Rhyming dictionaries, like notebooks. Thesaurus. Thesaurus. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) Um, 
and I had everything like laid out and I had this thought like, what if, cause I was like, I'm, I have to write a worship song for our church. And I was like, all right, what if I just like got the songs that they were singing in heaven? Like that would clearly be a better plan than me trying to write one. So I prayed this prayer, Lord, and I had my hands out in front of me like this. I just said, Lord, give me the songs of heaven. And I, it wasn't like an audible voice of God or like a cloud entered the room, but I felt God more strongly than I've ever felt him like this, like wait. And part of me was like scared. Yeah. Uh, like what was me? Uh, and then part of me was like, Oh, I think it's about to happen. I'm about to get a song from heaven. This is going to be cool. And I didn't, it, again, it wasn't audible. Like, I don't want to make it seem like it was something extra, but I felt like God said to me, Chris, I already have the songs of heaven. What I want are the songs of Chris. And it, I wept. It felt like a brick hit me in the chest, this idea that, like, I was thinking about songwriting, like, oh, if I can just be inspired here and collect this piece of information or these words that rhyme or this thought that will help people. But God was telling me in that moment, no, I put this thing in you. I want you to give back to me. Like I, I have a unique experience with God that nobody else has. So I, I feel like it's part of my, so I wept, I sat there and I just said, God, I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to try. And I, wept and pulled out my notebook and I was like these are the songs that I've written and I don't think they're cool but in the like think like the notebooks of songs that I didn't love and that I was like god these are the only songs I have was uh your love never fails which Jesus culture went on to record and it went everywhere um there were a couple other song starts in there that ended up getting recorded by other people it was just so yeah you can be inspired by anything I just, I don't know if people are viewing, like when we, when you write songs for your girlfriend, you can just write them about anything. I mean, when you can write a song about a squirrel, it, it, you can write a song about anything. Yeah. But if you're going to write something for the church to sing, I think it's important to really dig into what's your heart saying. Mm. So for me, I'm always like, what season am I in? What season is my church in? Because again, I'm a worship pastor. And then I'll write from that standpoint of like, oh, my heart has felt weary. So I wonder if people at my church are feeling weary and if we shouldn't write a song about like giving our weariness to God. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, I know it sounds a little bit more mathematical to approach it like that, Mm -hmm. but I genuinely, I want to write songs that help people connect with God. Like the speak to the mountain song. The whole goal is that people would hum it to themselves and remind themselves that like, Oh no, God is bigger. And Mm. it's like, I don't think you can just do that based off of inspiration alone. Mm. Like, Oh, I I feel God is beautiful. I want, but like actually trying to focus. And Mm. I think that's what makes the guys like Matt Redman a genius. Mm. And is that ability to focus a song so that it hits just the right spot in the church. And, you know, I feel like I've kind of tickled that a few times with songs that I've written, but that is my goal is to get real good at kind of focusing these songs so that they are real powerful to To, the believers. And to your point, you look at Matt Redman, he's this tiny little man, (laughs) not the greatest singing voice in the world, 
but when you talk to him and, and he speaks about God, it's, it's like, ah, this is how He's you're able best. to do this. You know, He's the that's best. interesting. So, well, and, it, and just like the kind of music that we write, worship music, if you think about it, like the lyrics are the most important thing. But music in general, melody is the most important thing. Because what are they even talking about on the radio half the time? It's like <laughs> Tell me just, about it. Just, <laughs> but no, like regular radio that's not about God? Yeah. I mean, it's random nonsense. Like my kids, because I've always been like, listen to this song and why I think it's a great written song. My kids now will say from the back seat, my eight-year-old will be like, what is this song even about? And I'm like, yeah. And I think it's because melody is kind of the most important thing. Yeah. When you think about like, well, what makes the song cool? Well, it's the melody of it that you yeah. come along. But that's not what's important to us as yeah. uh, worship songwriters. What's most important is the message. And so you kind of have this weird, you have to write a melody that's awesome enough. Right. But it's not the most important thing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Half of Rihanna's songs I'm listening going, under my umbrella. Okay. What am I supposed to do right now? A, I'm, A, I, A. I, <laughs> I'm under your umbrella. I don't know why that's the first well, thing that came to my mind. It's a Canadian song, right? <laughs> my umbrella. A, A, A. <laughs> Rihanna's Canadian. That's just how I thought the interview would end. Us talking about Rihanna being Canadian. <laughs> That's that's how I started. Well, when I woke up this morning and was praying about today, I said, Lord, could this interview end with us talking about Rihanna being Canadian? And wouldn't you see, won't he do it, guys? Look what he does. Won't he do it? Look what he does. That's the point of the interview. God comes through, you know? So speak to the mountains. All right. Thank first time guest Chris McClarney. Thank you <laughs> so much. Last time guest. <laughs> uh, you can check out all things Chris McClarney places you find uh, music. Also check him out on Joy Worship. Uh, half of this, almost every song he's ever written is on Joy Worship, uh, including <laughs> "Speaks of the Mountains," which is the latest. Would love to catch up with you uh, um, next year sometime. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I'm gonna work on a new jingle. Okay, thank you. Oh, can we change the thing one more time? Oh, yeah. Where, where do we go? I oh, don't know. We went back to a green screen. Oh, no. <laughs> we broke it. Hey, if you could put Rihanna back here, that would be awesome. <laughs> With an umbrella? <laughs> and a maple leaf behind her. <laughs> so some great perspective from a guy who knows what he's talking about, about writing a great worship song. A big thank you to Chris McClarney for being the guest today. The guy just oozes with talent and a very funny guy. That's what I uh, took from that conversation. I didn't know he was that funny and fun. I could hang out with him, I think. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, we would love it if you subscribed to the JR Show podcast. You will be alerted when a new chat comes out. Speaking of, who's my chat next week? Where's my notes? Oh, right. Jordan Feliz will be the guest. He's another fun guy. Mushroom reference. Also, we would love it if you followed us on Instagram. We always appreciate that five-star review. If you mean it, you know, like, well, I mean, just hit it anyway. Also, by the way, uh, thank you for sharing the JR Show podcast. We appreciate it. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you next time right here on the JR Show podcast. Peace!